Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and this week our family is on vacation. So we are revisiting an episode from over a year ago where we interviewed the author of The Four-Hour School Day, Dorinda Wilson. She has some great tips and encouragement to share, and we hope you enjoy. Before we start, I want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for all their support of The Smiling Homeschooler. They're an amazing math curriculum, and we believe they help more homeschoolers smile. So go check out their free trial at teachingtextbooks.com. Lastly, thank you to Homeschooling Today Magazine for their support. If you need more regular homeschooling encouragement, make sure to subscribe to their magazine over at homeschoolingtoday.com. But let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Well, it is good to be back, but there is a reason why we weren't here last week. Ben, why were we not here last week? That night we we had a baby, so it was uh, we were pretty uh, you know couldn't uh, couldn't do the podcast that night, which is understandable, I guess. But my wife was in labor, and I'm like editing the other one, throwing it up so that we had something to go. Uh, but uh, yeah, we had a baby boy, Anderson uh, David Wilson. Uh, he was born uh, pretty early in the morning, but uh, everything went super smoothly. It was it was a little weird because my wife was having they were very mild, and they kept coming like you know, coming frequently, like every, there'd be an hour where they'd be every five minutes and then she wouldn't have one for 20 minutes and it just kind of spaced out. So we, she's like, I think it's just maybe fake late, you know, pre-labor or something. And then all of a sudden she's like, I feel like I need to push. So we're like, I'm like, oh boy, okay, let's go right now. So that was my worst nightmare, uh, you know, for a few minutes there. I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to deliver this baby in the car or something. And it was totally fine. We had a couple hours at the, at the birth center before we actually had the baby, but everyone's happy and recovering and and doing well so but it was so ben was it kind of passed that off onto his mother who we live right next door to each other so i'm i'm debbie's like well well maybe i should maybe i should watch a video on how to deliver <laughs> a baby and i'm like you don't need to and nah. i see her washing her hands before we go over and i'm like what are you thinking you're going to do? Because yeah, exactly. I just need to be ready. And so we went over, I don't know, about 11 or 11, 11.30, and they left. And at 9.30 in the morning, they were back home with their baby in tow. It was it, it was the weird. weirdest thing. <laughs> Even though they did it last year, the last baby, they did the same thing. So it's kind of like they went to a delivery place just to to pick it up i did write anderson's name on a piece of paper because i seem to be drawing a blank every time i think of his name i just yeah, it just it's is hard. Tough. uh but well yeah. hey we're gonna we've got a special guest with us and i i don't know how long ago um uh sometime early in the summer uh, people, we were like, you know, what are we going to talk about? We don't really want to talk about subjects necessarily right now, but we were thinking, what could we do? And someone said, well, you should have Dorinda Wilson on the show. And uh, they didn't know that we had already scheduled it and it was scheduled for today. So we are super excited to have Dorinda Wilson with us. And Dorinda, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. I don't know. I following up a story like that. I don't know. It's it's pretty tough competition. <laughs> ah, you'll do great. Yeah. And we should say I am in no way related to Dorenda. Dorenda is not my sister, my cousin, my wife. Uh, she's not related to Ben. We just have the same last name. So right. Dorenda, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay, well, I am married to Daryl, and we have been married for 32 years. We have eight kids, 
ages 16 to 30. We have five boys and three girls. We have seven grandkids and we've been homeschooling from the beginning. So over 25 years and we have seven graduated. Nice. That's awesome. Well, not everybody enters into homeschooling the same way. And I know everybody's, you know, were you one of those parents who like just decided early on, how did you come to that point where you decided, hey, we're going to do something different? Yeah, I actually decided before I ever met my husband. Wow, nice. I'm just really thankful he was cooperative, <laughs> yeah. you know, when, when the time came. But... <laughs> first date kind of topic or, you know, is that yeah. uh, later yeah. on? <laughs> yeah, pretty close. We, um, I was actually a teenager and I and I picked up a book at a yard sale. I've, child development has always been sort of an interest to me. And so I just, I picked up this book called Better Late Than Early. You know, Dr. Raymond Moore, those of us who've been homeschooling for a while know who exactly who that is. Uh, he had written some books in the 80s and uh, sort of like caused a sort of resurgence of homeschooling. Some people think it's a new idea, but it's actually not. Um, <laughs> so I read this book and I'm reading the things that he's saying about how kids develop and what's good for them. And it's just so much of it is resonating with my own heart for kids I haven't, I didn't even have yet. And, and then I met a homeschooling family uh, at one point as well after that. And just their kids were just so, uh, they were so bright and social and funny and witty and quick. And I just, and, and they were each just their own personality. And I thought, wow, if this is what homeschooling, you know, this is the kind of kids that homeschooling turns out, I I'm definitely interested. And then fast forward to, you know, meeting my husband. And then we decided to get married and I talked to him fairly soon about the homeschooling topic and he was fully on board. His brother was doing it with their little ones. And so, uh, so that it was a pretty natural, um, natural thing for us to do. That's well, well, what led you to this to this time, I guess, that you decided to write this book, The Four-Hour School Day? By the way, you could have sold four times as many if you'd gone the two-hour school day or maybe the one-hour school day. You, would have been a, you wouldn't even need to be on this show. Well, <laughs> you know, I was afraid people wouldn't, it w- wouldn't be believable. So I, <laughs> right, I called right, it The Four-Hour School Day. But the reality is I cover all the ages in the book. And when I talk about the younger kids, you know, kindergarten, first grade, we're talking zero to 30 minutes here, you know, yeah, turn that yeah. rock over and pull that worm out and let's examine <laughs> that thing, you know, exactly. <laughs> things like that. So yeah, so it definitely starts very minimal and it's a gradual work up to the four hours and the four hours was for the high schoolers. Now, sometimes they did a little more, but typically that was about all it took. And did you come to that conclusion like right after the, I mean, right off the bat, or was that something you kind of came to, you know, over years of homeschooling and realizing that, hey, this traditional mold of eight hours is not needed? Kind of how that how that come about? You do well, kind of seem like a very serious person. Did you come to this conclusion when you were in third grade? <laughs> uh, no, actually, you know, I as we went into homeschooling, um, the first book I wrote was a self-published book called The Unhurried Homeschooler that was written about five years ago. And it was really about just starting out the homeschooling years just very gently and just gradually. And eventually, you know, you build into more and more and more and more. So that's just sort of the 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 start that we had and it just morphed into eventually getting what by the time the kids got into high school I was like you know they just they just didn't take that long to get their stuff done mm-hmm. they, they didn't and then we also saw their afternoons um as you know from the time they were little there was margin in the afternoon for 
you know, playing when they were younger. And, and then as they got older, it was interests and passions and hobbies yeah. and things like that. And we just really felt like once we'd established that margin in the day from the very beginning, and we kept walking that out, we were just like, we don't want to give that up. We think that's an important part of the day, part important part of their education. So morning was more directed learning and afternoon was more self-directed. So it's kind of a balance of the two. And I assume well, you, you're, boy. you know, you wrote it because you feel like there's an, there's this pressure. I'm assuming that and we see it too, but that people feel like they need to do more. Was that at all an influence? And, and have you seen that, you know, from a lot of, especially maybe new homeschoolers, that that is something that they need to do a certain amount of hours or a certain amount of time? Yeah, I, I saw that as one of the myths, mm-hmm. uh, one of the top myths that people have that are thinking about homeschooling, that they've got to do this for seven to eight hours a day. And then maybe new homeschoolers still thinking they have to do that. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, the the whole book as a whole, I think really just gives a great um, perspective on education uh, that's broader and deeper than just, you know, math and language arts yeah. and science and history. It's about a lifestyle. It's a family lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of walking um, alongside of our kids and our, you know, nurturing sibling relationships and, you know, instilling a strong work ethic and all these other things. Um that happen as we just live life alongside of each other. And so when we, when we start to recognize that doing those things is actually a very important part of our kids' education. And all of a sudden we realize our kids are learning all the time. We're preparing them all the time for life. It's not just when we're in the books. Durandi, okay. So do you really believe all that stuff? I mean, because you know, I know moms will say, oh, that just sounds so good. I mean, yeah, whatever, learn, we're gonna learn along life. But there is such a pull because we've been trained, not just in our upbringing, but maybe for several generations to believe that it is not those things that you are saying, even though they sound good to us. I mean, what do you I mean, do you really believe that? Do you really believe you can achieve all that in your home? I do. I do. And, you know, obviously our kids are going to have some experiences outside the home, but I think that the foundation is laid at home in those early years. And then eventually our kids begin to have more experiences outside the home as they get into, you know, high school, especially lots of our kids had job shadowing experiences, lots of different things like that. But I will say that when I was walking it out and, you know, asking the Lord for wisdom, and he just kept giving me peace about this particular Mm -hmm. approach over and over and over again, I doubted myself. I was like, well, that sounds great. You know, I hear these moms say, well, character before curriculum. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, we still got to do some math. And it's true. You do. Mm-hmm. But really now from where I'm sitting, looking back and seeing how our lifestyle as a homeschooling family has so deeply impacted our kids as adults, I can with confidence say, yes, those things are, you know, those are actually more important than, you know, the other. And of course, they're still going to learn the other. It's going to happen, but it happens more easily, more naturally, more readily when those other character things are in place. And so that's why we spend so much time doing that in the early years, because it makes the uh, higher learning so much easier when we've got that in place already. Totally. Well, real quick, I want to just say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for uh, sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler. Uh, you know, we've been working Even with Even though you are a math program and you're really yes. not as important as the other things. But go ahead, Ben. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they are. They, yeah, exactly. And and you know what? Teaching Textbooks would even say if you're having an issues and having 
if it's causing relationship problems in your homeschooling, then you need to take a break and it's okay to do that. Or if you need to do something different, that's okay too. Um, but teaching textbooks, you know, we work with them because we feel like not only in our homeschooling, but in literally hundreds and maybe even thousands at this point of other homeschoolers that we've talked to have really, it's really made a difference in their day to day and helped them smile more. So, uh, they offer a free trial, a sample lesson over at teachingtextbooks.com. And they also have a really amazing support team. So if you ever have a question or you are kind of just not sure, you know, should my child start algebra, you know, one this year, maybe they should do something different. Um, you can call them and they, they have uh, customer service and advisors who can kind of help you with that. So really awesome company and a really great team <laughs> um but we also want to thank uh homeschooling today magazine who also underwrites uh part of this show and, and again uh, i just picked up their magazine they just or just was mailed to me last week it's an amazing magazine filled with lots of different articles that are encouraging and that encourage us to homeschool boldly to you know to think outside the box you know to choose the cho to choose to teach uh, the way we believe God would have us teach our kids. So if you want to homeschool boldly, you want to see a great magazine, want to be encouraged, um, check out and subscribe to Homeschooling Today magazine. Every every edition is filled with uh, encouragement and practical help from a big team of experienced homeschooling moms and dads, including me. And it's uh, sure to make you smile. Um, but one of the questions uh, I saw in your book was uh, educating for life, not just graduation. And we've talked about that before on the podcast, but maybe give your perspective on that and what that means. Well, I think it's a lot of what I was already talking about. We want our kids to have that, those character qualities in place, because at the end of the day, they've got to be able to set goals for themselves and figure out how they're going to meet them. Um, that's one thing we were really adamant about in high school was, you know, even if you don't know what it is you're going to be doing after high school, that diploma is a goal. Right. So let's talk about how we're going to get to that goal, meet these credits. Um, I brought them into the conversation and let them make decisions and started just, you know, well, from an early age, we encouraged ownership and, and as much independence as possible when it came to their learning. But especially when they got into high school, I really wanted them to own what they were doing. And I think um, at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want our kids to grow up. Uh, we want them to be launched into the world, knowing how to, you know, make goals and, and meet them, how to problem solve, critical thinking, you know, good, healthy relationships. These are all things mm -hmm. that are really important uh, for them as adults. And, and by the way, we have loved teaching textbooks as well. Nice. So awesome. Hey, we love like plug there. <laughs> and I assume all your kids were exactly the same, right? And learned the exact oh. same way. And, you know, it's all just once you figure it out for one, it's the same. Oh, you know what? It's really interesting because I get the weirdest comment. I don't know, Todd, have you ever had this happen where people look at your kids and they go, they're all so different. I know. And you're like, like whoa. Yeah. And, you know? yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's almost like people think, you know, they're little cookie cutters. Oh my goodness. Absolutely not. And so, no, I mean, it, I, I'm still challenged. I've got one left at home and it's just, he's a whole different Right. animal and so i'm i'm still learning and i think that's a big thing we have to remember as homeschooling parents is we are learning right along with our kids and we're we're learning how to homeschool we're learning how to homeschool those particular kids um but if they see us doing that 
um, they're going to be more motivated to do it because we're modeling what it looks like to be a lifelong learner because we're learning right alongside of them. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to guess there's probably not a, a mom listening right now, whether she this is her first year or she just yeah, or maybe she's been doing it for a bunch of years. In fact, I met a, a mom who had seven kids and she graduated six of them. And she said on her seventh, I don't even know how to homeschool, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, be, be, you know. And there are a lot of moms thinking, do I really have what it takes or am I qualified to teach my children? You know, how does your book, you know, give those parents, I guess, the confidence, um, right. you know, to do that? Well, I, I feel like and the feedback I've been getting from people who have moms who have read it is there is just so much affirmation in this book that helps the parents relax and realize that they are more qualified than they realize. And one of the reasons that I can say that is because, first of all, your role in your kids' lives is a God-given role. And when God gives us an assignment, he doesn't leave us high and dry, not knowing what to do. We may not have the long-term plan, but we're going to have the next step. And we're just responsible to take that next step. And at the end of the day, um, he's really faithful to give us wisdom along the way. And, and I think the thing we have to remember is... You know, it's a pretty well accepted uh, fact that if you've spent 10,000 hours doing something that you're a professional, they call you a professional or an expert in, in that particular field. Well, by the time your child is six years old, you have spent 16,000 hours with them. So you're well over by the time they get into kindergarten, you are well over into that expert uh, phase. And in and, and because at, at the bottom at the end of the uh, day, you know your kids better than anyone. You're more invested in their future. You love them more than anyone. And just those things alone are just very, very strong motivators to um, facilitate, be the best person to facilitate our kids' education. So it doesn't mean that we're going to teach them every single thing. You know, we might outsource something. We might get a tutor. We might, you know, who knows what we're going to need to do, but we get to facilitate all of that according to what we feel is best for our kids. And I just really believe that um, parents are pretty much most of the time, the most qualified people to do that. Yeah. And if you, so if there's a mom, you know, who's maybe just starting, cause obviously this last, you know, year and a half or whatever, there's been a lot of new homeschoolers uh, and you know, <laughs> judging by almost every homeschooler out there, they're probably struggling in some way or will be here shortly once school starts back mm -hmm. up. What's that, you know, maybe small piece of advice or just that, that first thing you would say, like, here's what to take away. What would you tell that mom? Well, I, I think for me, one of the best little, I don't know, filters that I would use is, you know, periodically ask myself throughout the week, am I enjoying my kids? Because that to me was a, a, a pretty good sign whether I needed to tweak something or maybe I was expecting too much or, you know, a lot of times what I found was I was letting the kids like, I was letting the boundaries go too much and I didn't realize it. And all of a sudden I was like, I don't want to be around these kids anymore. <laughs> and you know, it's because I, so it's a really good, for me, that was just a good sort of checkpoint. Am I actually enjoying them? So there's some things we're going to have to do that are just hard. We're going to have to persevere. That's part of the deal. But I always feel like if you're, 80% of it, you and your kids are pretty much enjoying and 20% is, you know, persevering that you've got a great ratio there. Mm. 
Yeah, that's great advice, I think. I know we've definitely dealt with that <laughs> already starting. So, But Sarah here has uh, from the chat, she has a question for you. And this one's, this one's pretty practical here. Uh, she says, advice for moms who are teaching pre-K through seventh grade. Can you still do a four-hour day while blocks scheduling five kids in different grades? My mind stirs trying to come up with a perfect plan. What would you say to Sarah? <laughs> Well, I say, first of all, there is no perfect plan. <laughs> I'll tell you that first. I always tell people and all the thousands of homeschooling days that we have done, not one has been perfect. So you can just sort of kick that idea to the curb. But I think the best thing to do when you're teaching multiple ages is, uh, again, start out encouraging independence as, as soon as possible. When our kids were reading and writing and doing basic math, they had their little workbooks. They knew exactly what they were supposed to do, how many pages each day. And I would check it when they were all done with everything. And so some of those, some of the things you can do together, you know, the reading, um, you can do that as, as a group a lot of times. So streamlining things. And for me, it was things like, um, you know, say they're doing history, they're reading a history lesson and then they're writing a summary about it. Well, right there, you've got reading, you've got writing done and you've got history done all in one fell swoop. So you can sort of, you can bunch things together and make things more efficient. So um, it is challenging having all of those ages. And I would a lot of times uh, assign an older child to a younger child for about 20 minutes in different blocks so that I could work with uh, one particular child who really needed my help for a while. And the scheduling is it's tricky, but, um, you know, I think it's just being flexible, having a basic plan that you're following and then having some flexibility and understanding that at the end of the day, um, you know, you're still more than likely doing a whole lot more than what would probably happen in a classroom and your kids are getting more attention. They're getting more one-on-one -on -one and, uh, you know, so, and again, just try to, as much as you can, enjoy that time with them. Dorenda, would you say, though, I mean, I know this, uh, without sounding harsh, maybe to another mom, because I hear and you hear uh, moms will say, well, you know, I've, I've got these two children and I'm starting at 730 mm -hmm. and I'm not done until dinner time. Would you say, I mean, again, knowing that everybody's different, that really, if you're going, if, if you're if you're if you find yourself going more than four hours all the time even with a bunch of kids maybe you're doing too much yes yeah yeah i would totally agree with that and you know i we kept with a very simple plan and uh, i explain a lot of what that looked like in the book and why we did it that way um obviously every family's different and uh you know we had we had large numbers you know what that's like <laughs> So we had to navigate it accordingly. And at the end of the day, I really just had to trust the Lord that he had weaved our family together. He had made us who we were and that however this played out or needed to play out as simple as it was, that it was going to be enough. And hmm. he would remind me so many times of the loaves and the fishes. And he would say, you know, Jesus asked the disciples uh, to bring him not what they didn't have, but what they did have. And then he would take it and he would multiply it and he would make it more than enough. And he reminded me of that over and over again. So, you know, obviously we have a responsibility to do the best we can, but we have a really faithful God who makes um, what we have enough. Hmm. 
Totally. Well, Jessica here said, uh, going into our second year of homeschooling and we started because of COVID, we are enjoying it more than I imagined. And that's so awesome. We love hearing from people who just starting out uh, or relatively just starting out. And uh, that's that's just so cool. We really, really, really well, love seeing and, that. And don't you think, uh, I'm, did she ask a question? But no, I, I just wanted to say that just because I think it's awesome hearing okay. you know from people who yeah, just started out. I've been out. hearing a lot of that and it's been really, really awesome to hear. Do you see this as well, Dorinda? Because I see lots of moms who, um, you know, they've pulled, maybe they've pulled their kids out or they've just started, maybe they found themselves in a, and they're like, man, there, there is so much freedom in homeschooling. But it's funny to me, or maybe not funny, haha, funny, interesting, that as you progress though, the pressure sometimes become greater. Um, I was just talking to a mom who was like, oh, I was a, in the public school, I saw my kids, you know, I know I can do better than that. Well, after a few years, she's starting to wonder, maybe I really am not. Um, you know, uh, and, and, and even as you were talking, you were talking about, you know, independent learning. Um, how does that transition maybe from younger to older? Because I think sometimes when we hear we want our kids to be independent learners, that we think in our head, well, how are they supposed to teach themselves math? Or how are they going to teach themselves? Like somehow they're going to sit down and open this big textbook and go, oh, yeah, this is what do you mean by that? And, and how does that look? for a kindergartner or a first grader, and then an eighth grader, and then maybe a high schooler. Okay, so in the early years, I, I mentioned I had them do the workbook. So what I would do is, is um, I would start out by having them read the directions to me. So read the directions out loud. Now tell me what you think they're telling you to do. What do they want you to do? And, and make, and, and I would have them explain it to me because a whole lot of things are happening there. They're reading, they're comprehending, and then they're having to actually say it out loud and, and actually complete, you know, complete the process. And what I was doing was teaching them how to read directions and follow them. Okay. Cause that's like really important life skill. And that was also very much feeding in towards that goal of having them be able to uh, be independent learners. So that's kind of how it started. Um, and then pretty soon, you know, once I felt confident that they were getting it pretty much all the time, they were understanding the directions and being able to follow it, then I let them do it on their own. Um, and then of course, sometimes that, you know, didn't work out and they would end up messing something up, but we would just go back and do it again. And I would tell them, you know, if you are reading directions and you're not sure, let me know and I'll come over and make sure that, you know, that it's clear. Uh, but I really encourage them to think for themselves on that. And so then you fast forward. And uh, when our kids got into about middle school, um, I told them, so, okay, so we did something kind of different where kindergarten to sixth, seventh, eighth grade, we didn't teach a very a specific science or history curriculum. We, it was more like exposure as they were interested at right. a lot of good books laying around. We'd watch, you know, uh, Liberty's kids, oh, things yeah. like that. Just, just so what exposing. you're saying is they didn't really do history or science in a formal way no. up until that point. Right. And up I know that. some moms are like gasping yeah. because they're like, <laughs> you know, but yeah. well, 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 didn't they do experiments when they were third in third grade or have a lab when they were in fifth grade? Yeah. Well, and sometimes we did do experiments, but they were just, you know, yeah kitchen stuff and things that just randomly or the kids would want to do something. And I just tried to stay tuned into them and what was interesting to them. And, you know, we would periodically try things, but it just wasn't an everyday assignment type of thing. It was more of an interest led thing. And uh, that kept it really fun for them. And, and honestly, I, I, cause the reason I did this is because I asked myself at the very beginning, 
how much science and history do I actually remember from grade school? About zip, zero, <laughs> nada. So I thought, why am I going to knock myself out trying to these facts and all this stuff into the kids? Um, but if they're interested, then they're going to absorb it and they're going to remember it. So, And then fast forward to high school. When they got to high school, I basically said, okay, now... and." I told them ahead of time, now you're going to have a more formal, structured um, history program, you know, science, whatever. We're going to do this. And because at that point, they're developmentally totally ready to connect the dots, to see the big picture, the whys of science, the, the whys of history and how God weaved things together with, you know, biblical history and world history. They're going to get that at that point. And uh, so I told my kids right before high school, I said, here's the deal. When you get into high school, I am not going, I'm going to work alongside of you. I'm going to be a coach and a consultant. And you're going to work towards these credits that, um, that are requirements for you. I'm going to gather information and you're going to decide how you want to meet that credit. So I would come to them with, okay, as far as science goes, here are, four or five options, ways that you can learn uh, this particular, you know, this year of science. And I let them choose how they were going to do it. And my kids to this day say that was one of their favorite parts of high school Mm -hmm. is being able to make that decision. And that's how I was encouraging ownership was I was saying, here, this is your thing. You know, Mm -hmm. here you go. Here's some options, but you get to decide. And it was funny when they get to choose, all of a sudden they're way more invested. They've got skin in the game. And and so that's kind of how that looked. It's just sort of a transition so that by the time they got into high school, they were pretty much, you know, by the time freshman, sophomore year, they were fully owning their education. Mm -hmm. And that's really at the end of the day what we want, right? We want them to own it. We want them to own their education, their life. And, uh, and so that was, that was kind of how we transitioned to that. Well, Dorinda, I think we're going to start wrapping up here, but for any, you know, the moms listening, or if anyone wants to hear more from you or maybe get in contact, uh, you know, where would you send them? What should they do? Okay. Well, I have a website, DorindaWilson.com. And I also have a podcast, the Dorinda Wilson podcast, which is on uh, most major platforms. I've got over 200 episodes there and a handy dandy little search bar. So you don't have to scroll through all those. You can just put in those keywords and find the ones that you actually want to listen to right now. So (laughs) (laughs) those would be the best places to find me. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well. And we also linked your book in the chat. So you should go get that as well if you haven't already read it. Uh, And it looks awesome. Dad, go ahead. Well, here's your last um, plug for your book. Because, you know, there are a lot of books out there. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you want for the mom uh, who picks up your book? Um, What do you want her to leave with when it's all when she closes the last chapter right i think the the number one thing is to understand the importance of her role in her children's lives um, providing safety and security and and stability um, is something we can offer our kids and that actually enables them to learn more easily and natural and naturally you know um, i think I want them to walk away with just this sense of peace and just a calm that they were made for this and that God is going to equip them to do it and that this investment is a worthwhile investment. Hmm. Awesome. And, I, and I'm going to ask one more question before we say goodbye. Um, and I even sometimes I hate asking this question because 
Um, I know, I know there are a lot of moms that want to know. So are your kids successful? And before you answer, you know, I don't like, cause people will ask me that, well, what do your kids do this, this, and this? I don't like, um, you know, having to prove mm -hmm. homeschooling by saying, oh, our kids, they are, you know, they got a doctorate degree in this because those are not the right, here's how I'm going to re-ask it. Do you feel like your kids were prepared for everything God would have them? do after they left your your home school yeah i i really do i really do and and i i have a very quick funny story to tell you that's somewhat related to this okay, okay. <laughs> so we have we have one college graduate no one else chose that we've got someone who's a he's apprenticing for commercial plumbing we've got someone who's teaching himself it getting certificates online so there's so many different ways we can oh, do yeah. this and um, but they're all very, they love, they love learning. They have lots of varying hobbies and interests and they're constantly learning. So I think this is, that's, that is a success, but our son, who's a software engineer, um, the day, the day that my book was the number one bestseller in get this experimental education methods <laughs> was the same day that, and this was on Amazon. This was the same day that Amazon said, we're going to make you a job offer, hmm. which just made me laugh. Like That's you can't cool. plan that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. So right, right. Amazon thinks the experiment was a success. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, Hey, Dorinda, thanks for taking time to be on the show. I, and I want to encourage a lot of moms to check out your book. I know some have already said they've, they've purchased it and are in the process of reading it. Um, but Dorinda told you where she can, you can get it. You can also get it on Amazon and wherever you find books, That's um, right. it's available there. And, uh, we're going to have to do this again. That was uh, great. Thanks for having so me. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. We will be back next week. If you enjoyed the show, please share the podcast on Facebook or other social media platforms and leave us a review. Thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring the Smiling Homeschooler. You can check out the free trial over at teachingtextbooks.com. We really appreciate their support. Have a great week and as always, keep smiling.